Chapter Four of Woodcraft Boys at Sunset Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. Woodcraft Boys at Sunset Island by May Folwell Hoisington and Lillian Elizabeth Roy chapter four council this afternoon uncle bill uncle bill council this afternoon came a chorus of voices over the stretch of water between the sailing dory and the farwell's launch which had just made a landing at her pier you just got here in time three o'clock this afternoon added fred as he steered the dory closer to the launch hey don't run me down laughingly joked mr farwell there that's better now miriam come over here and kiss your old father as the dory gently glided alongside the launch miriam sprang aboard and hugged her jolly father oh papa i'm going to win a coup to-day i'm so glad you're here to see me get it and paul's going to have one of the green tassels cut off of his badge too cousin fred has been training us all well well fred has so many coups now i suppose he can spare you some eh oh papa you know i couldn't take anyone else's coups i have to win them myself declared miriam never mind him you know he's only teasing you said fred soothingly but uncle bill miriam is going back with us as she has to make out her coup claim properly and she is going to help us prepare for the council please everybody come we just count on you uncle bill to liven everything up you know depend on your uncle bill now young uns lively about it if you're going i'm about starved and nothing will keep me here a minute longer if i don't show up at the house pretty soon bridget will think i've had luncheon and what a calamity that would be see you all later three o'clock sharp and uncle bill caught up his suitcase jumped out on the wharf and called to his wife i'm starved i'm starved fee fo fi fum meantime mrs farwell had been talking confidentially to elizabeth and miriam then as she laughed and promised them to keep the secret they left her she watched them climb safely down to the dory again before she turned to give some orders to the captain of the zeus finally turning to follow her shouting and singing lord and master up the path to the house the two girls pushed off from the launch fred let the sheet run out and before a light southerly breeze the little dory soon showed her heels to the wharf at one island in about ten minutes was lying at the float stage of the other while fred filled the sails of the dory billy ran down the cliffs to meet the sailors say there you'd just better hurry up lunch is most ready quiet feigned during the first part of the luncheon as every one was hungry but as appetites abated billy started a discussion as to some of the entertainment for the council in the afternoon it appeared that he and dudley and paul had a motion picture play of a jitney which they were anxious to give have you rehearsed it do you know if it is any good asked fred sceptically you know we don't want anything below par 
added elizabeth well you doubt us we'll do it right here to let you judge offered paul eagerly guess you'd better replied fred so the three boys left the table and placed three chairs two side by side and one directly in front of the other two bill played the part chauffeur and went through all of the motions of starting a jitney no sooner was it running than a passenger paul held him to stop the chauffeur made the motions of applying brakes getting out to open the door and assist the passenger inside then tried to crank up again no sooner had he succeeded in starting the engine again than a second passenger dudley hailed the jitney to stop billy repeated the same actions as before but the first fare refused to move over in the seat and the second one tripped over his outstretched feet again the chauffeur cranked and at last they were off twas the rocky road to dublin all right for the luckless passengers swayed and bumped in their seats until suddenly the car stopped on a hill try as he would the poor chauffeur could not start it again came to the door and implored the two passengers to help him push the machine up the hill they were indignant but finally consented the brow of the hill reached they all jumped in again and down the jitney coasted just as the engine was nicely started again the car struck a rut and overturned when billy signalled the overturn paul dudley and he tipped over the chairs and all lay sprawling on the floor a chorus of howls greeted the performance and the juvenile contingent judged it worthy of the council audience well maybe we can improve on this too when we once feel the spirit of the council move us ventured billy oh sure thing bragged paul chestily and the others laughed heartily at his manner but nothing daunted paul added practice makes perfect you know a quiet half-hour was spent in signing up coup claims and looking over the tally of the last council then every one retired to the tents to dress in ceremonial woodcraft costumes as the last brave left his tent the chugging of engines was heard and the launch orion rounded the south end of the sunset island while at the same time the zeus arrived from isola bella the orion brought aunt edith and uncle tom from the mainland with them were some visitors and miss travis known to the boys and girls as aunt flo flo aunt edith introduced one of the visitors to the members of the pentagoet tribe this is my little friend trixie ash she has come to spend several weeks at rosemary trixie was about thirteen but looked older being the only child and always in the society of elders she felt out of her element in the camp of the young woodcrafters then too she was expensively dressed in apparel more adapted for a house party than for a rough outing trixie looked around with keen interest at the animated faces of the boys and girls she had heard so much about during the past few days her opinions already formed of how such athletic young folks would look underwent a sudden change before she had quite finished her survey trixie admitted to herself that she had never met a group of such fine-looking happy young people she turned to aunt edith and remarked you didn't exaggerate a bit mrs charlton when you told me how picturesque the costumes were and how very interesting the island is i'm glad you like it but really you know these costumes are for ceremony occasions only no one could run or feel free in them for actual camp life we have a suitable uniform for everyday use 
returned aunt edith during this interview mrs remington and mrs farwell were giving bridget the secret an immense layer cake into moses's charge for there was to be refreshments served at the end of the council come along now woodcrafters it's nearly three o'clock reminded billy leading the way to the council place the others followed and soon fred in full costume took the council chair and opened the meeting by proclaiming mita cola ne hoon po omnichie ni choppy meaning hear me my friends we are about to hold a council shingebee will now light the council fire after the manner of the forest children ordered witta tonkan the island chief turning to billy as he spoke then shingebee the northern diver brought his fire-sticks to the centre of the council ring and proceeded to make fire by rubbing the sticks briskly until an almost imperceptible wisp of smoke curled up from the tiny heap of black wood dust that fell into the fire-pan under the sticks more and denser smoke followed the moment a spark glowed in this powder the group of woodcrafters greeted it with a how and a louder chorus of howls sounded as the flame burst forth from the handful of tinder which shingebee applied now know we that wakonda hath been pleased to smile upon us said witta tomkan solemnly a few moments after the fire was burning well the chief took up the peace pipe and explained that he was about to perform the peace pipe ceremony first i light the cedar bark and kinnikinnick or dried red osier dogwood bark in the bowl of the pipe now i offer the peace pipe to wakonda the great spirit and makaina mother earth employing their presence at the council the whole council must answer noon way or amen to these prayers then i proceed to beg each of the four winds in turn to do us no harm from cyclone cold rain or heat all present will please respond noon way as before the visitors were quite impressed and when the first prayer came hey un kia be with us the response was fervent then as the pipe was presented to the west wind and witta tonkin cried heun kiun yia snee come not upon us the chorus of noon ways was so loud that mose and bridget who were now busy in the bungalow making lemonade fairly jumped when i git done with dis lemonade as goin out behind those rocks and watch it der show declared mose sure an oil be wid ye promised bridget emphatically the peace pipe ceremony being concluded and the tally read which a tonkin suggested that there being so many visitors present they make short work of preliminary business matters and proceed directly to the claiming of the coups are there any honours to be claimed called witta tonkin oh chief said miriam standing up instantly to show her father her knowledge of woodcraft i claim an honour for standing broad jump five and a half feet have you the claim properly attested by three witnesses asked the chief here it is replied miriam holding out a paper and moreover my witnesses are present in council come forward miriam announced witta tonkin taking the claim from her hand he read it aloud to the assembled council and asked you have all heard this claim properly made out and witnessed and now what is the pleasure of the council regarding this matter 
Shingebee stood saluted and said, O oh, chief, I move that this honour be awarded. Paul now stood saluted and said, O oh, chief, I second this motion. Wittatonkin then said to the assembly, This claim has been duly moved and seconded, and now it is ready for the vote. There be no question of its validity. The council will please make its wishes known by saying how, for approval and wah, for dissent. Then the loud chorus of hows brought Mose and Bridget running from the kitchen to the vantage point back of the boulder. The chief, taking Miriam by the hand, congratulated her and presented her with a coup feather symbolising her attainment. She smilingly took her seat amid the pleased murmurs of the Pentagoet tribe. Any more honours to be claimed? asked the chief. Oh, chief, I have at last completed the requirements for the last rank in the little lodge, cried Paul, springing to his feet. I was eleven years old last month, so I am anxious to do this before I pass into the big lodge. Paul had various sheets of paper signed by his witnesses at different times throughout the past year, which he now presented to the chief. Wittatonkin read them aloud to the council. No one wild bird for each year of your age. Oh, chief, I really know a lot more than eleven birds. I'm trying for the bird coup, exclaimed Paul proudly. Wittatonkin continued. No one wild four-footed animal for each year of your age. I knew twelve animals my first year in Woodcroft, said Paul. No one forest tree for each year of your age. I know more than enough for that, too. We found so many kinds of trees at Wikichioki Farm last summer when the little Woodcroft has spent a week in camp there, explained Paul. No, one wild flower for each year of your age. Oh, I know nearly enough to win the flower coup, boasted Paul, looking round at the others. No one garden flower or shrub for each year of your age. Paul nodded that he had done this also. So Wittatonkin read on to the last of the requirements, now accomplished by Paul, until he read the last one, which was, No one constellation for each year of age. Oh, I got that one easy. I only had to know three, but I was so near twelve years that I just learned another one to make four for good measure, ventured Paul. Which is the good measure? laughed Wittatonkin. I found Orion and know all about him, declared Paul. Then he proceeded to describe the hunter with his club. Bridget, listening intently to this part of the council procedure, gasped at the information vouched for by Paul Mose. Sure, and that hunter must have been my ancestor, Orion. He wore a king of Oiland. God bless the old sod. Am I'm told that Orion always carried a club too. A black thorn club it wore. Moses looked sceptically at the rotund figure of the farewell's cook and doubted the truth of her imperial descent. But the name suddenly struck him as being familiar and he remembered where he had heard it so often. Ah, shucks! 
it isn't your ancestor bridget at all they be talkin bout de charlton's motor launch dat's called ryan after a bunch of stars declared moses complacently sure and don ye stink of doin nor me own family history of all the great men what come from the old sod scorned bridget turning her broad back disdainfully upon mose and don't i knew it were a fathom me great grandfather that mr chatton named his boat orion while the controversy lasted between the native of the sunny south and the descendant of the kings from the emerald isle paul had the last tassel of inexperience cut from his woodcrafter's badge and took his seat with a sense of having accomplished something worth while the chief then found no other honours to be claimed so he proceeded to the entertainment of the guests present are there any braves eager to challenge each other asked he oh chief i challenge shingaby to a hand-wrestling match called dudley known in council as wadago i accept o oh chief replied billy quickly then followed a mortal combat between the two equally experienced braves until both were red in the face and puffing for wind in the end wadago lost an opportunity and shingaby was quick to avail himself of the mistake thus the contest ended by awarding billy the victory any more challenges came from the chief o oh, chief i challenge paul to a canoe tilting contest called billy i propose that we defer that contest for the present and watch any game or match that needs to take place in the circle we will go down to treasure cove later for the water sports advised fred then uncle bill jumped up and raised his hand in salute oh chief i challenge any one present to recite original poetry written for this or similar occasion which has not yet been heard by others i accept the challenge o oh chief laughed elizabeth sending a knowing glance at her aunt miriam thereupon uncle bill drew forth a paper and cleared his throat having made obeisance to the chief and then to the guests he read pret on albania's throne when the war clouds met shivering alone sat little mapret said he to himself as william of wide there was far less pelf but much less need of a quiet nest where a prince might dream and sure of his rest let his medals gleam now this safety first is good dope i wot this war is accursed i'll go on my yacht the throne is empty it's the one best bet it will stay that way said little mapret applause greeted the conclusion of this little skit and uncle bill resumed his seat bowing with a conqueror's air as if to say he knew the laurels were his but he also knew that he had no mean competitor in elizabeth who now stood up and prefaced her verse every one here knows that the first sale of the season is not all joy particularly if it is choppy or if there is a heavy sea on and the wind falls and the craft bobs around helplessly if you are not accustomed to the motion and you lose interest in the sights and sounds you may also begin to lose other things as well several of those present began to laugh for they sensed the trend of elizabeth's prologue as referring to a sickly time uncle bill experienced during his first sail on troubled waters my poem is called seasick explained elizabeth the mate was sick 
the captain too the passengers and hand the breeze was strong enough to slew the boat around the strand the waves of some unpleasant heights they bumped the trusty boat we lay beneath the seats and sights and wished we weren't afloat a landloom came into our view a hull down took from sight the hulls of tugs and steamers blew but we wished it was night a herd of porpoises then came and bobbed about our ship we had no wish to see a fish there the skyline seemed to dip we tacked our boat and went ashore and had a solid meal we did not want to feel much more the way we just did feel when elizabeth finished everyone cried how and aunt edith declared she was deeply affected by the vivid description it almost made her seasick who was mate on that trip asked uncle tom fred was mate and i was the hand but i won't tell tales on the captain let him speak for himself laughed elizabeth well i was the passenger and i can swear to my feelings exclaimed billy looking at his uncle bill but uncle bill returned the look boldly and murmured from what you say that sure must have been some sail wah wah cried a number of voices and every one laughed the poetry had to be judged for other virtues than mere fidelity of description so the palm was awarded to the composer of mpratt following this first contest billy announced that he and two friends would produce a moving picture play depicting a jitney in distress so many impromptu additions were shown that the rough and tumble movie was highly applauded by the other children this over the chief stood up for a change in the programme i think we will call upon pa harley o the moon maid to entertain us by dancing the storm cloud fred signalled elizabeth while the jitney act was being done and she slipped away from the circle unseen by the others at the beating of the tom-tom she now appeared from behind a group of trees holding a long white veil behind her head the veil was of chiffon and the light breeze wafted it gracefully about as the dancer entered the council ring the storm cloud dance is one of the most graceful of the indian dances and elizabeth was well trained so a genuine treat was given the visitors that day then to the surprise of every one present uncle tom stood and said i challenge uncle bill to a tub tilting match this also proved a great success for uncle bill always ready to provoke fun and laughter did his part with great gusto the result was that the exact rules were not followed but far greater sport was furnished by the two heavy performers in unexpected actions and twists and ferocious grimaces after a folk song contest and character dances were given everyone walked down to the cove to watch the canoe tilting between the two boys with captain ed and benton as seconds this was interesting as the boys were well matched but billy came off victorious at last having upset his opponent by thrusting the soft padded pole suddenly in the pit of his stomach billy and dudley dressed and then a talk fest was started by the chief against dudley as they finished the victory was accorded dudley with the remark he's the fastest talker on the hemisphere the appearance of mose carrying a huge tray of refreshments now put to flight any other ideas of sport and when the ever-hungry woodcrafters were satisfied the obliging waiter flopped down in a kitchen chair 
and looked wearily up at Bridget for consolation. Ah, declared goodness way dumb foxes ack in dat woodcraft business and den go on git such empty stomachs is amusing to me just look at dem bacon plates would you believe dey had been piled up high with sandwiches and fixin to say nothing of the cake lemonade bridget had been taxed to the limit by the great demand for lemonade and she snuffed disdainfully to our myself he's beat twelve eggs in the lake no wonder it melted away like snow in july not a crumb for the cook either mose looked compassionately at the defrauded cook and remarked i've heard say dat a good chef never gets left for a bite now i'm a first-class cook so i had a good big snack or dat twelve egg cake before it passed out of my control bridget sent mose a resentful look and flounced angrily from the kitchen while mose shook with silent amusement at his competitor in culinary arts the guests departed in the sunset glow and the pentagoet tribe felt that they had acquitted themselves unusually well therefore earning a good night's sleep End of chapter 4